This morning I want you to turn to Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. I've been studying the book of Deuteronomy, and boy, there's a lot in there. Uh, next Sunday I'm going to try to bring out the, the, what Deuteronomy means. I think you'll be surprised at what it means. It pretty much deviates all the way from the Old Testament. And, I, and for the rest of the Old Testament, it's a, sort of a different kind of book. But uh, the 30th chapter, let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing this morning. I want to read to you the first five verses this morning, and I may have to clear my throat a time or two, so don't get alarmed at that. Um, they've taken care of my breathing problem, but uh, they still had not done anything for this cough. And so I do want you to uh, remember that. And this shall come to pass when all these things are come unto thee, the blessings and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice, and according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations where the Lord thy God has scattered thee. If, if any of thine be driven out, out into the outmost parts of the heaven, from, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possess and thou shalt possess it and and he will do he will do I'm sorry let me get this backward and the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possess and thou shalt possess it and that will do thee good and multiply thee above the fathers most gracious heavenly father we thank you again for this day Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for taking care of us, Lord. Thank you for everything, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I uh, may be seated. <clears throat> the title of my message this morning is Life and Death. Life and Death. Um, it's been written by an atheist. This is, this is how an atheist feels about things. I want you to get this. Uh, he says, I am convinced the world will get tired, or at least I hope so, of this eternal laughter about all things. In other words, uh, it was him that uh, he, thinks, he thinks it's all just fun. It doesn't amount, doesn't amount to anything. And you're going to learn that uh, it amounts to a lot today when we get done. It was a great apostle who said, know this. Now listen to this. I think somebody needs to read this somewhere here in this country. He says, know this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Now listen to this. The law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for the sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers, and for murders of mothers and for manslayers 
1 Timothy 1 9. That's what Paul told Timothy. And I, I think that we've come to a point in this uh, country here to where somebody needs to read that because, uh, you know, now you get punished for doing right. And you don't get punished if you do wrong. I mean, I, I just, it just burns me up. Uh, I don't know how many of you saw. I know you saw the picture if you watch television of the guy that has a stack of steaks. He got them at uh, Trader Joe's, and he brought them out, and he and he he was selling them. Uh, and uh, thirty-one times, I saw they said this morning, thirty-one times that he's been in jail for doing the same thing. Takes them stakes out, he sells them, and some lady was cleaning the streets, and he grabbed a black bag as she had, and he threw all the stakes in it and took off with it, trash and all. And uh, it's just it's it's just a it's a stupid thing, what's going on in this world today. And I can't I just I couldn't let this message go by today without reading uh, what Paul wrote there. And, in the book of First Timothy, what Paul told Timothy. However, I want to say this, this is me speaking. However, there are things in life that does have a purpose and a plan. God has a purpose and a plan for everything. It doesn't make any difference what it is. What's going on in the world today, God has a purpose and a plan in it. Uh, it doesn't make any difference uh, what it is. Uh, you know, some people said, well, what about sickness? Well, he has a purpose and a plan for that, too. And um, sometimes I wish he'd just quit working on me. But, but anyway, that's his, that's his purpose and plan for us. And how, how, how can we say that? Well, we know that to be the truth. Uh, Winston called me yesterday afternoon and uh, told me that he'd been tested positive. And I said, well, how are you doing? He said, oh, I'm doing good. He said, he said I'm going to try to make good out of this if I can. And, uh, well, I, I hope and pray he does. I hope and pray he does. I, I think Kara told me that she hadn't been very sick with it. And, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm so glad because I tell you, I don't hold it against anybody. I don't know what in the world happened to me, but that stuff, got a hold of me, and it's still a hold of me. It still hasn't let go yet. So um, there are things in this world that have a plan and a purpose. It is God the world hates to the point that nothing coming from him is true. I mean, that's, that's just simple. That's simple as it gets right there. They hate God. People people hate God, and, and this is what... Uh, uh, Paul is telling these captivities that are, that are in the captivity, he says, wherever you go, he said, you realize that God sent you there. What he says here in the third verse, he says, that then the Lord thy God will turn, <coughs> excuse me, turn thy captivity and have compassion, <coughs> excuse me, upon thee and, <coughs> and return and gather thee from all the nations whether the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. Now, I like that. Now, I know you've heard me say many times that the, the church at Jerusalem was a large church, big church. 
they had they had at one time they had some thirteen thousand members uh, in the uh, church at Jerusalem. And what did God do with them? God scattered them. He told them, and, and I tell you, I don't know. We I, I've always preached to I guess you could say small churches. Never been great large churches, but it's still not as small as some of them preach to every Sunday. But um, there's one thing that I've learned in life, that whatever happens, God's behind it. It doesn't make any difference what it is. I wish, I wish we could uh, come get, get that in our mind and get understanding that whatever happens, God's in it. I, I know this. I, I know God's in it. Now, I know that God has his reasons for doing what he's doing. And um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just say, I, just God, I think God's just going to see if I'm just going to keep preaching. And, I, and I've let him know several times, God, I don't care what you do, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop preaching. And I don't know if he likes that or not. But we find that life and good and death and evil are as real as anything. It's all, it's all just as real as anything. There, there, there is a solemn alternative. What is it? The scripture states life and good, death and evil. Life and good, death and evil. Um, I think you find if you read further down here, this 30th verse, you'll find it in the 15th verse. Um, there in, in this 30th chapter of, of this, in the 15th verse, I think is where he says it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. Now, think about this. Think about what he's saying here. Just, just stop for a minute and think about what he's saying. What he's saying here is that he's saying in the 15th verse here, I see, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. I've said it before you. It's, it's here. We, we wonder why evil exists. I, I've often wondered, God, why, why, you even let it, why do you even let evil exist? He's got a reason for it. He's got, he's got a reason for everything that happens to us, and, and we, we need to realize that, that, uh, that he does. Good and evil must be eternally associated with life and death. Good and evil must be eternally associated with life and death. There is no life, this is no lifing matter. It's, it's, it's not a lifing thing. Um, you know, we, we, I think sometimes people just get, they, they get so excited about everything that's going on that they forget that this is nothing to laugh at. Life and uh, uh, death and, and evil is nothing to laugh at. I want to tell you, people who die in their sins are going to go to hell. That's what I mean. What? How, how much? How much more can you think about that? You, you know, it's no life and matter. A spiritual life is the everlasting favor of God. That's that's what God loves. God loves a spiritual life. He loves people who who live a spiritual life, and it's not nothing that you can change about yourself. Um, I've, I've, I've seen people who, and I've, I've, I've done this for a long time, 55 years, and I, there's not too many people have preached that long. 
I've done this 55 years, and um, and I've seen people who, if you preach on uh, uh, humbleness, they'll get humble all of a sudden. They'll, they'll they'll get real humble. If you preach on being happy, and they're sad, they'll get real happy pretty soon. It doesn't take them long. They get happy, but. Um, it's a spiritual life. It's the everlasting favor of God. Death has no promise of a good life except that that one that has lived in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're, we're all going to die. Death is something that we've got to reckon with. I I, I can't help it. I, I don't I don't know what some of you feel about it, but you can't reckon with it. Uh, Carmen's talked about retiring. I said, well, you're headed for old age. Carmen Carmen says she's retiring at 53. I retired at 51. And I told her, I said, in 10 years from now, you'll think you're more than retired. You, you'll, you'll think, I think, I think you get dumber every day. I do. I, I've, been, I've been retired for 38 years from, from my job. I've been that the job that I had. I've been retired for 38 years. I did. I did take a job from a company in Atlanta wanting me to be a consultant for them. I took that for six years, and I finally gave it up. I didn't want it to do it anymore. But um, death is something you've got to think about. I mean, death is something you've got to realize. Death. Death has no promise of a good life. Death. Death, except the one that has lived in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've lived your life in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to die. You're going to live right on. I don't know what it's going to be like. You might say, well, tell us what it's going to be like. I don't. That's like I was sitting with a, 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 a Karen knows him, a fellow that I was sitting with him, and he had, uh, um, what is this stuff they have, NIV? What, what is it? I can't remember what it is. She can't tell Sam, tell me, today. But anyway, uh, he uh, he had this, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I'm like Joe Biden. That's something. What is it? AIDS. AIDS, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the word I was looking for. He had AIDS. And uh, I even helped him clean up his vomit. And somebody said, well, you should stay away from him. And one of the questions he had for me, he asked for me to come see him. You know who I'm talking about. And he asked for me to come see him. He lives in Glenwood. And I went to see him, and he said, I got one question for you, Brother Jackson. I said, what's that? He said, what's it going to be like when I die? I told him, I said, I can't tell you that. I don't know what it's going to be like, but but uh, death has no good in it. Death has no good in it. It only, it only has good in it if, you, if you're living for the Lord Jesus Christ. How does it come? God says, see, I have set before thee this day. In verse 15, that we're going to see, I have set before thee this day. This is what I've set for your life. This is what I've set for your life. Each one of you sitting in here, this is what God has set for your life. You're not here by accident. You're here because God sent you here. You're here because God, God put you here and sent you here. You'll say, well, I just decided today... I'm going to church. Well, you didn't decide nothing. God put that in your heart. 
that you're going to be in church today. And that's good. That is good. How does it come? See, he has set God in his infinite wisdom and mercy has been pleased to set the privilege of life before us today. In other words, if you're still alive today, thank God. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're still, it is set before us in the gospel of Christ. It sure is. I mean, once you're saved, then they know, nobody, nobody can take that away from you. Nothing can separate you from that. You know, I, I get so tired of talking with a man. I think it was last week. I was talking with a man, and he said, Well, you know you can be saved today and lost tomorrow. No, you can't. No, you can't. Biggest lie ever was. You can't be lost today and, and saved tomorrow again and lost the next day and saved the next day. That, that's just, uh, and, and I talked to a fellow one time. He said, Well, I have to do something to prove it to myself. I said, That's stupid. That's as stupid as it gets. I have to do something to prove it to myself that I'm lost again. How can you prove you're lost again? Just like I put, I don't put much on Facebook. You folks know that. I'll, I'll put an amen every now and then. But uh, some lady put on there what she thought, how she felt about I, I, And I, I just stated a little short statement. I just said it's not a feeling, it's a trust. And salvation is not a feeling. Folks, you, some people say, well, I don't feel saved. It's not a feeling. It's a trust. If you're waiting on that feeling, you're like the lady that came to church when I was in Kentucky up there in Cynthiana. Not Cynthiana, no. It, I can't remember where it was now. Somewhere where I was pastor. And uh, this lady, she, she sat right back there about where Jim is sitting, maybe a little further up this way. She sat back there. And, and I talked to her, and she'd say, well, I'm going to wait till a feeling comes. I said, what are you waiting on? You waiting on the building to fall in on you? I said, that ain't going to happen. I just learned today, Neil just told me today, that, uh, uh, that our fellowship hall over there is going to have to be ramjacked because it's, 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 it's swaying. And... Uh, Said Buddy Adams, Buddy Adams came and looked at it and he said the building's just building sinking. And he said it needs to be ram jacked. And I don't know what that's gonna cost us, but we got to fix it because it uh, he says it's gonna be down on the ground if we just let it go eventually. But anyway, uh, we'll worry about that later. But we're we're concerned right now about life and death, what, what it is. God states, but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth. In, let me say this again. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth, in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. That's in the 14th chapter of Deuteronomy. 14th chapter of Deuteronomy says, But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart, and thou mayest do it. You know what to do. You, you, don't, you don't have to say, I don't know what to do. You, you, you know what to do. I tell you, I, um, it's hard to make some decisions about some things. 
But, but you know what to do with your own life. You know what God expects of you. If you don't know what to do on Sunday, find, find old brother uh, Wayne Massey. He'll tell you what to do on Sunday. You know, be in church. Listen to the message when it's preached. Listen to people. Be in church. He said the word God says, a psalm, it was a psalmist who said, Thy word hath quickened me. Psalms 119.50. That's what the word of God does for you. When you listen to it and you, you listen and you, and you follow it, you know, it quickens you. You'll say, well, I, I didn't know that. How many times have you gone out and said, well, I didn't know that. Well, I hope today you go out and say you didn't know a lot because I, I hope and pray that you've learned a lot. The great apostle stated, this is the world of faith which I have preached. In Romans 10, <coughs> 17, 18. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> he said, this is the word of faith which I have preached. <laughs> now, <coughs> this is a merciful counsel. Jehovah God states, I call heaven and earth to reckon this day against you. Now, let me say that again. I'm kind of <coughs> getting a little choked up. He says, I call heaven and earth to reckon this day against you. Read that again. I called heaven and earth to reckon this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That's down in that's all the way down in verse nineteen. This is it. This is this whole chapter now that we're talking about. I read the first five verses, but this is this whole chapter. I called heaven and earth to reckon this day against you. How how can you how can you stand that? Now, just like I told uh, Warren's uncle Gary, he he going he's going tomorrow to see about he he getting on the transplant list. Kidney, he's got to have some kid, got to have a kidney. And I told him, I said, well. God will see that you get one if he wants you to have one. He will. It took a while, but God saw to it that you got one. And and I told him, I said, God will do the same thing for you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. This is the choice Moses made by faith. The scripture states, by faith, Moses, when he had come to years, Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, why did Moses? Moses had it made. He had it made. He he would have been worth in, in that day. If you uh, bring it up to our day, he'd have been worth millions. He 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 would have been worth millions. That little old briar didn't even know me with the cap on yesterday. He just looked at me. I turned my cap around backwards, and then he started grinning. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he said, I, I've set this before you. 
Mo Moses gave it all up. Now, why, why would, you know, God may have a pile of something for us sometime, somewhere. We, we wonder, we wonder why things happen to us as they do. Heaven and earth will testify against us. Now listen, what I'm saying here, I'm not done yet. Heaven and earth will testify against us. They're all going to testify against you when you stand before God someday. We must make the, this choice by faith. The life that we have lived will testify against us. The life that you've lived is going to testify against you. You know, you're not going to have to tell God this. You're not going to tell God, well, God, you know I did this and I did that. People doing that today, I see people doing that there on Facebook, telling God what they've done. You don't have to tell God what you've done. He knows what you've done. Your life, the life you live will testify against you when you stand in the judgment. I hate to even think about it. Thank God, I'm sorry, the life we have lived will testify against us. Thank God that we have an intercessor that will testify for us. You not. You don't, you don't have to spend all your life worrying about what's, what's going to happen. Just like old brother, when I met him, went visiting. He used to drive all the way to Santana to go visiting with me. He said he loved to go visiting with me. He was from Georgetown, Kentucky. And he'd drive all the way to Santana. And I remember one time we went to visit this guy, and this guy come out with a gun. He looked at that old brother, and he said, what if I shoot you right now? That old brother looked at him, he said, I'll be in heaven before I hit this ground. He said, what if I take that gun away from you and shoot you? What's going to happen to you? He said, well, I guess I'll just have to die and go to hell. That's sad. You don't have to tell God nothing like that. What is this life? Scripture states, the Lord thy God, he is thy life. That's in verse 20 of this text, of this, this same chapter here. The Lord thy God, he is thy life. It was Christ who said, <coughs> excuse me, I have come that he might, I have come that you may have, that you might have life. It was John who said, He that hath the Son hath life. John 5 and verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. Now how is this life to be to be had? It doesn't come by the works of the law, but by the will of the Father which is in heaven. You say, how do I, how, how do I live the kind of life? that I need to live. Well, God will see to it. If you want his children, he'll see that you live the kind of life. It won't be, it won't be something that, that you have to do special. It was God, it was Jesus who said, 
No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me and <coughs> draw him. John 6 and verse 44. Have you ever been to the Lord for salvation? You know, all you got to do is answer that yes or no. If you've ever been to the Lord for salvation, you wouldn't have gone there unless God sent you. Now, let me say that, that. I hope this will give you some good comfort. You wouldn't have gone to the Lord unless God had sent you. That's what he's saying here. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. You can't go to God. You can't go to God and ask forgiveness for sin or ask forgiveness, <coughs> repent, repent of your sin. <coughs> I'm sorry, this dog gonna cough. Been thinking about putting me a little pint of whiskey in here and see if it helps. Sounds good, don't it, Christy? Well, I tell you, uh, you can't go to God unless he sends you. You can't go to Christ and ask forgiveness unless he sends you. Now think about that for just a moment. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that when you go home. You cannot go to him unless he sends you. You can't, you can't, you can't go to God unless he sends you. You can't go to Christ and ask forgiveness unless he sends you. Evan, remember what I said the first part of this message. I said everything you do, God is behind it. Everything you do, God is behind it. That's what, it, that's what this whole chapter is about. This whole chapter, God, God said, I read it to you back up here in the third verse. That then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity... God put them in captivity to start with. Think about this for a minute. That then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whether the Lord thy God have scattered thee. You, you, think, you think when you die God's not going to know where you are? You think God? You think when the rapture comes, Jesus is going to have to go to the cemetery and see how many people's in there and how many's got something written on their tombstone? People put a lot of stuff on tombstones. God don't recognize tombstones. God don't even recognize graves. He just knows where all his children are, and he's going to call them out. You'll say, what about these people been thrown in the ocean? He'll find them. They're there. He knows about them. I had a lady one time several years ago, her son drowned. And she said, I, I just wonder if God knows about it. He knows about it. There's nothing he doesn't know. I pray that God today, I'm going, I'm going to shut this off today. I'm going to try to shut it off on a good note because right now I'm not coughing.
not trying to, but I, I, want, I want you to think about these things today and realize, and maybe, maybe someday you'll get the Bible out and study the book of Deuteronomy, the whole book, because I want to tell you it's a beautiful book to study. It really is. Let's all stand if you would.